So guys, welcome to episode 26 of the Humanity Jutsu podcast. And today's topic is going to be about what to expect from your first experience in like a jiu-jitsu competition. In, yeah, I'm going to put like in the title of the YouTube thing. How do you like that? <laughs> uh, so you guys, we're once again joined by the Kurt Oziander of this podcast, Sean Davids. Hey, guys. Uh, see, Khan couldn't join us today. He's a bit tied up, but uh, he sent me a bunch of points and stuff uh, he wants it covered. So uh, I'll do an impression of Khan while I'm reading out his points. So uh, he'll, he'll be with us in spirits. <laughs> now when i say he's tied up i i mean i don't have him tied up in my basement that is a lie and a conjecture and i don't much appreciate the accusations <laughs> that's slander yeah it's a uh, libel and shit you know defamation defamation no it's not <laughs> no it is i <laughs> uh, see uh guys uh you know this is a topic that everyone like has different opinions on because you know everyone's experience is different especially when they're first starting off because you know it's tricky, so that's why I enlisted Sean, because him being a coach, I thought he'd have a good perspective as pre for preparing his, you know, preparing several people for a competition, because, you know, imagine that's a very common occurrence, Sean. Oh, jeez, well, everyone has their first one. You never forget your first time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, okay, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, so, Sean, what would you say is, like, the most important thing we're helping people prepare because, you know, it's a big... People, like, really do pick it up in their heads. It's right. like the fucking Abu Dhabi fucking final and shit in the absolute division, yeah. you know. We, we starting off with just um, pure white belts going in from never having played tiddlywinks before. <laughs> yeah, son. All right. So first thing I want to say is make sure you want to do it. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you're not doing it because other people think it'd be cool you you want to do it because you want to do it yourself like there is the very first thing you do and then after that like you try oh uh, no make sure that you put in a bit of a, a mini camp for it like you know maybe three weeks or whatever just make sure that you're in and focus on the house an in-house comp or something like that first or like a nice friendly like the grassroots or the gamma are, are great for for new bloods you know Mm. you know uh that's what i'd always recommend and you try to give people the more the closest to the actual event as possible to try get them used to it like um you know like as i've said before like where events you want to this is the sports psychology for you here but you want to give a bit of stress inoculation do you know what that means andrew yeah it's like uh exposing yourself to like a stressful situation to make yourself what's it fucking uh, uh, desensitized it. That's yeah, desensitized. desensitized. So it'll be like, um, say, right, you're going to an event, there's going to be a crowd there. So how do you get used to the concept of going to an event and having people watch you competing? First thing you do, you, you get uh, two guys in the middle of the mat that have a role and have people actually watching it, uh, maybe shouting in, things like that. And uh, that kind of gets people used to that scenario where they have all that free space and people are watching and shouting in instructions and things. And that's there's one one way of getting people used to the environment. Unfortunately, an environment in a competition is one thing that you can't control. You know, like what can you control before a tournament? You can control training, you know, making sure you're training right, make sure you're on weight, make sure you have your transport sorted to get there so you're not panicking 
how am I going to get a lift from Limerick to Dublin? Make sure you have your gear right. You know, these are all things I, I would go through with the guys and make sure to have all that kind of thing in, in check. And before then you focus on a few of the things that they can't control, I suppose. They can't control the environment. You know, like, how do you know how many people are going to be there watching you? How do you know what people are going to be saying to you? Do you know if your opponent is going to, you know, make weight or not? Or how many people are in your division? These are things you can't control. Unforeseen things are, they're head wrecking, you know, but once you can kind of get people used to the concept of focusing on what they can control rather than can't, really helps. Really, mm. really helps. Like, mm. Uh, see, what's your sort of opinion? Like, uh, would you think it's like better to compete sooner as opposed to later, so you could get the whole stress inoculation thing down, so they have that covered yeah. for later on? Uh, my my thing is kind of when people are ready, you know, like um, not everyone is going to be competing. You know, wants to compete. Some people go and they train because they like training. They love the exercise. They like the camaraderie, the bit of crack with everyone. And the guys who decide they want to compete, you know, once they say they want to. Okay, leave it hanging with him for about a month, and then I'll come back to him and say, so, so you said there a few weeks ago you wanted to compete. Is that still what you want to do? And if they say yes, brilliant. If they say, no, I'll leave it for a while, that's cool. You know, um, I'd encourage people when they, when they feel they're ready to do it, to go on and hop in, and hopefully we will have competitions again in 2020. Um, <laughs> I don't know at this stage, but, uh, but I think if they can get in, yeah, you know, I, I prefer if they could, you know, just so they can taste it and see if they, if it's for them or if it's not. You know, mm. like, like I said before, not everyone is is born to compete in competitions. Some people love the just the training and going to a competition to help support a, a teammate. It's all part of the team effort anyway. So, yeah, that'd be my mm. my opinion. I'd like. I mm. uh, see. There are a few things that you sh- people should avoid for the fucking just for the sake of it, like just avoid for your own sanity. Like uh, one. I w- wouldn't go cutting weight for your first fight. That's just a whole extra oh, bit man, of stress. That's, you don't need. Like, that's, you that's don't another need. fucking thing that you're putting onto yourself to make it stressful. Yeah. That's, that's, just that's, a... so, that's something you can control. You know, if, you, if you're worried about your weight going into a competition, that's more stress on your mind. You know, how can you activate, like I've talked before about having your mind like a database of techniques and stuff. If that's crowded up, like it's like a computer with full of RAM or whatever. You, you, you can't access things when you're focused on your weight and you're panicking. Like, do you really want to be ready for a competition when 10 minutes before you have to weigh in, you're running laps in a sauna suit? Hmm. Yeah, that's not going to help your performance on the day. That's going to be dread. Yeah, if anything, that's going to hinder you because you'll be fucking drained and you'll be tired and you'll be grumpy. So that's yeah. how is that going to benefit you? Like more, Most good tournaments have a, a check-in day. So you can check your weight. If you need to go up, go up. Just wear a heavier gi. You know, mm. make your way up there. Make the grips maybe a bit harder for your opponent to get. Ooh. You know, that means that day you couldn't go and you can have a big ass breakfast or whatever. Or if you're against someone who does, you know, who's watching their weight, like they might end up eating that day. So that gives you a bit of an advantage. Mm. I see. Uh, what was it? If anyone's curious about some more of the minutia of uh, weight cutting, we do have an episode about that. I'll have that in the description if you want. It's a That's shameless, a damn fine episode. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay but see how uh, you brought up geese and wearing heavier ones yeah for the love of god bring fucking spare geese just in case one of yours doesn't make check because you have no idea 
fucking like, oh man, my game is too fucking small. Or like, and don't wear wacky colors to competitions. Just a general rule. Just wear a white gi. Just wear a white fucking gi. No one's gonna give a shit over a white gi that fits yeah. you, unless they're just pricks of the highest caliber. Yeah, just nice standard. There's three IBJF uh, gis: white, blue, and black. Just it's grand. Uh, if, you, if you are, if it's your first competition, you mightn't have a second gi. You know, that's that's fair enough. But just you know, make sure one of your your buddies who's similar size is okay to give you a loan if there's if there's an issue. Like you know, it's wearing someone else's gi kind of sucks, but it's it's better than getting DQ'd. Like mm. have your plan be in place. Mm. Uh, dude, that's I uh, see. I always bring a fucking spare gi with me because not just for my teammates, but see, I do have a lot of friends around the place, and see, like, oh man, my fucking gi. I nearly, I nearly like lent. I got this very light gi. It didn't have any patches on it. I just gotten it, and I was yeah. at the Irish Open, and one of my, I know this guy from another gym. He's like, he was actually running around like a lunatic. He's like, uh, trying to lose weight in like a sauna suit. He's like, dude, uh, I'm like a bit over because because we were fighting the same division, and I wanted to yeah. fight him. We didn't end up because we both lost our fight straight away. He was like, "But dude, I'm fucking too heavy." I was like, "Oh, dude, I got this really light gi. If you're, if you want to try that, because you know, sharing is caring." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but see, uh, just moral of the story: no wacky gis. I, uh, you know, stop being idiots. Yeah, look, most most competitions follow the IBJJF, um, you know, rule set. And they've only got three colors, so white have a white key and a black key. You're set. Hmm. And dude, if uh, if there's any hassle, try and get one. Like if you ha- have a spare one that doesn't have any patches on it, in case they give you shit about patch placement, because oh, I have lots of my yeah. keys patched up. Yeah, yeah. Look, the the bog standard club one on your back and one on your your breast is pretty pretty cool, but you will get um, keys with patches all over the place, you know. So. Yeah, that's a good mm. detail, actually. Mm. And for the love of God, make sure they're fucking sewn on properly. Make sure they're looking pristine because my and coach for, my coach was at a competition one time. He had like a square patch and the corner was kind of hanging off a little bit, just like a tiny bit. And this guy went over to him in the gee like, oh, no, 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 my friend, my friends, grabbed the patch, ripped it off his fucking gee. He's like, okay, my friend, you go now. <laughs> oh, my he literally, God. He literally just walked up to him and ripped his fucking patch off. Just because it was hanging off a little bit. It's like, my friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're afraid that's... you have a knee and like... <laughs> <laughs> Man, I know. I don't know how the fuck I'd react to that scenario. Like, motherfucker. It cost me like a fucking tenner to get that sewn on, you piece of shit. What the fuck? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and it could take three, four days before the place has, has put the patch on because they give out, oh, this material is so thick. You know, this will cost extra time. Yeah. Like, mm. Ah, just do it. It's grand. Ah, uh, dude, shout out to the fucking seamstress I go to in Limerick because she gets this shit done in one to two days because I go there so much to get my keys patched. Yeah, I, I've actually considered buying a sewing machine at this point. Uh, same here, man, because uh, I know it's fucking expensive, but it is cheaper than going to the fucking seamstress every other week. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm, well, too I'm just going to keep going to the seamstress, you know? <laughs> if I have a sewing machine I put something else in my house my, my wife would probably kill me so no mm. uh, oh man and here, here's one thing that people have to get drilled into their fucking heads I wish I'd learned this learn the fucking rule set don't just walk in lackadaisical yeah absolutely like that that's again is, is things you can control 
like uh, like I'm just going to go back to the IBGF one because it's it's one most people are, are competing in nowadays. Um, just download the rulebook. It's free on the website. You know, you learn what your points are. You you won't have a big um, angry head on you when you don't get points for being in side control. You know, mm. you know a lot of people kind of go, oh, I, I'm I'm controlling here. It's like, yeah, but you didn't pass the guard to get there. That's where you get your points. You haven't got a neon belly. You haven't got a mount. You know, and people if they get frustrated and focus on things that they don't, and otherwise you're not actually learning to how to play the the game you're playing. Mm. And another thing is the whole fucking learn what submissions you can do and what you can't do because I know guys like be they'd be fucking good at moves. They're not allowed to do a white belt. It's like why are you heel hooking? You're not allowed to do that in competition, or why are you wrist locking? And then they they they'd be frustrated when they can't do it in competition, like. Dude, what the fuck do you expect? Like, or to do something without me, well, you know, without meaning it or something like that. Even like, look, straight, straight ankle, uh, lying back, and they throw their leg over, and they get oh, and, the un- and they, unintentional reap. Yeah, unintentional, and yeah, you know, they don't understand why, and you're kind of okay, man. Look, you try to explain it, and they get frustrated, and that can turn people off a game as well, and you don't want that. Hmm. Uh, see, I'll tell you what happened at my first competition because like uh, I got I like uh, got turtled up and your man I like, was taking my back. He had his hooks in and seatbelts, but see, uh, he was sort of lackadaisical on the seatbelt for a second and his hooks weren't like sticky. So I managed yeah. to tur- turn, I managed to like posture up, turn him over, and put him back into like a guard position. And mm-hmm. I put him, I put him down with a little not oomph. Like it was, your man said it was a slam, the ref, and he disqualified me. But it was a baby right. slam if you want to get technical. Yeah. Like, like slams are slams can be up to the point of view of the ref you see as well you know it. Mm, see so like you do it. Uh, dude like uh, uh, I've 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 uh, what's it uh, I've I've looked into it like I've I've showed this video to anyone who listen and I've showed it to people who frequently referee at IBGF events and those guys are the most pedantic bastards in the world oh, and yeah, even yeah. even even they told me that wasn't a slam that was not a slam. That's it. Send me that video later, actually. <laughs> sure thing. But I they would like, I would have taken a penalty because there's a baby slam. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's another thing. Like, the ref could just be a shit ref and they could just fuck you over. Yeah. Because cause refs are people and people, you well, know, make mistakes and, and stuff. But be, being a ref is, is hard as well. You know, if you're, if you're out on the mat and you're refereeing for maybe 45 minutes at a time, it, it's hard to keep that focus. You know, it, it really is, and there's people shouting in at you and all that. So, you know, give a you know a little bit of help to the refs sometimes as well. Like, you know, they're mm. doing they're doing their best. Oh, you know? uh, see, uh, I refereed it. I've only refereed the one time. I refereed at this one event, and see, uh, it was there was no points. It was like sub only and stuff. So it was mm. based on submission attempts. So I just yep. keep track of who threatened most of my head. Yeah, and that's good. uh. That was pretty grand, but see, I only only one time that day I got like someone giving me shit over my decision. Like uh, these two guys, they like neither of them are really threatened any submissions. It was a two man division, and fucking um, this one dude threatened like one half hearted submission. So I was like, okay, he threatened one fucking half hearted thing, so he wins. Then I raised his arm, and the other guy's coach was like, oh ref, ref, they're fucking uh, it's a two man division, so make them fight two more times to best two or three or something. I'm like. Motherfucker, would you be saying this if your guy just won? And I said yeah. to two guys, I'm like, do you guys want to fight again? And they're like, neither of them were like, neither of them wanted to. Like, no, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, it, it's it's hard being a ref, you know. So, you know, like I I done a bit of it, and it kind of came down to do I want to be a, a ref or do I want to be able to coach my guys? And I pick coaching my guys. Like in the end, like it's hard, and particularly when you're trying to coach the new guys on their first event, and they're they're panicking because, like I, I said on a previous podcast about the things that their people are anxious or afraid of, you know, like the fear of failure or success and fear of the unknown. It, that's the big one on your first one. You're, cause you, you're not really in that situation. It's like I was saying that stress inoculation is so important. It's like getting that vaccine, but you're not afraid of being afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can kind of expose them to things, like, that's why I love the, the grassroots. I love the gamma kind of thing. It's a, it's a great opportunity for people in a, in a relatively relaxed environment. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. quite different going into, like like I said, either the Gamma or the grassroots, between that and then going into the full Irish Open as your first event. Oh, boy. You know, I it's see a, a big difference, you know? Mm. I Maybe see the younger guys, you know? Mm. See, there's a good remedy for this, because I, I sort of implemented this. Like, uh, I'm, I, I, I help teach the new guys sometimes, and there was this group that just come out, and they were, like, they know me and a few of the guys were competing. I was like... They, but they weren't sure they're at the level yet. So it's like, okay, guys, um, how about you just come to the competition, but you don't compete. You just see what the deal is. You yeah. see what it's like. You come support the other guys. And, you know, I think that's really good. So they're, so you kind of do eliminate the sort of unknown factors. So they're like, okay, it'll be the same as last time, except I'll be the one competing. But yeah, I know what the whole vibe is like. You know, that's, that's it. You're reducing that pressure. And they see how, you know, one of the, the top guys in their gym, he might mop the floor with everyone, but he has a hard time at a tournament. And it's like, mm. oh, even this guy is having a bit of pressure. You know, like they're already going to be, someone's going to, before the competition, someone who's not involved in jujitsu or something is going to say, oh man, what happens if you get choked unconscious? Yeah, I was watching this thing on YouTube. And like, you put that fear to someone and their parents maybe hears that or their partner or something hears that. They're, the guy's going to go home and, Someone, uh, you know, out of love and all that is going to say, oh, I really hope you don't get hurt. Mm. That stuff's going to get stuck in that guy's head, mm. you know. And like that, that's going to be extra stress going into a competition and fear that someone doesn't need. Or or the other thing is, like, what other people are going to think of him. You know, geez, if I go into this and, geez, what happens if I lose? And someone records it, sticks it up on Facebook or something. Oh, my God, I'm going to look terrible. Mm. You know, so, and this is how people can be evaluated by others and you know if like that's one of the biggest fear you find in people is what other people think of you you know see uh what's it how's i gonna fucking say see uh i, know I have speechless with my knowledge and wisdom <laughs> man i fucking completely lost my train of t- oh yeah see here's the thing lots of things one thing people don't take into account is just going to the tournament in and of itself is the fucking achievement. Like That's it's a scary, it's a scary experience in and of itself. Yeah. You know, just you know, ha- like see, after my first, like uh, I was competing for a little bit and I just kept losing, kept losing, and I, I just never won. And then I finally managed to win one match. Then I lost straight, straight again. And I was in the gym a few days later, and there was this guy from like another gym. He was training us for a little bit, and like I was talking to him about, he's like, oh my, oh my friend, you got to realize, my friend. You're fucking. Uh, I'll just use my regular words. Like you have, you're fucking, you have bigger balls than anyone here because you actually fucking went. Like you yes. know, yeah. instead of being for being afraid. Yeah, that that's that's it, man. You know, um, 
like there's a, a great guy, uh, Professor Jacao from from the US, Brazilian. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. Like, and uh, he kind of said, like, he's still competing. I think he's master five now. Okay, mm-hmm. he's won world titles and everything. And he he said, uh, you go to the competition, you get your get your medal. It's all nice. It's shiny. You you put it on your mantelpiece, then you put it in the box, and then you never look at it again. So the real the real medal is is in achieving and participating. Mm. So that that's what that's the heroes. He calls everyone who who has ever competed a champion mm. because they've got out there and conquered that fear and, and just done it. And man, see, so uh, one thing like here's just a message to everyone who's like nervous about competing. Like man, no one gives a shit if you win or lose. Like like no. Dale said, no one cares. No one's gonna give you shit. And even if they do, fuck them. Like, see, I've only ever gotten shit about losing, like, twice. One of them was by this fucking 40-year-old dude who had, like, never fucking competed. Like, uh, I got arm barred in this one fight with a few seconds left. He's like, oh, dude, why didn't you just let your man break your arm like Tom Hardy in the fucking, that movie? I'm like, I'm like, uh, dude, that's not good for longevity. Like, and, uh, were you ever planning to compete? Would you ever let someone do that? Like, he quit anyway, so, you know, fuck him. Yeah, this and, is it, isn't it? And see, the, the other time, like, I got beaten very quickly, and this one dude was like, oh, man, it was fucking pathetic. I'm like, dude, you don't even fucking train jiu-jitsu. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that, that's what I was talking about earlier about the evaluation from others. If you were able to just kind of shrug that off, because, like, this guy obviously doesn't know what they're on about, you know, you're like, grand, but it's... Is if, if you've competed, right, and someone else who maybe watched the match or something and you thought you sucked or something, they'll come over and say, good job. Yeah, you've done some great things there. And mm. even if you thought you you were you know, below power or whatever, someone else who means something, it's important that someone who means something to you, like your coach, comes over and say, gives you a positive that you took from that then that's going to boost your motivation and your confidence a million times. Even if you thought you didn't do great, just that that one or two people whose opinion you really, you know, approve of, that bit of positive feedback from those guys is just going to elevate you. You know, you'll, you'll take the, the negative that might have happened. Maybe you got caught with, a, I don't know, a cross-collar choke from Mount or something like that. And you kind of go, ah. Oh, crap man i got caught with that but if they're to say look you you pass guard psychotrol neon belly mount look at the points you racked up yeah you got caught with this that's fine let's focus on the positives and let's figure out how we can stop that happening to you in the future and you're mm. like oh yeah i did actually win i won experience points you know my man has gone up you know, <laughs> extra, extra nerd reference there but um yeah. That's it, like, you know, it's it's the opinion of the people that you value that's important. Not not the guy who's who might watch a, a clip on your video on Instagram or something like that. They uh those guys, you know, if, if they give out a comment and you know that they have never trained a day in their life, you know, mm. are they are they just looking for a clickbait at you or something? But don't mind those guys. If you if it's your first event and you want to go and you're nervous, it's okay to say you're nervous. You know, if if you have a good coach or you have good teammates, they'll talk to you. You know, they'll, they'll help you realize this this kind of stuff is normal. This is natural. You know, like, you know those sweaty hands that you get? That's good. Mm. That's that's your hands being warmed up for your gripping. The heart racing, what's that? That You know, that's simply just getting the blood to all the body parts you need. That, that needs going to the toilet. 
to go for a wee or a poo or whatever. Do you, do you really need that in your body before you compete? No, it's going to slow you down. You don't need that. Mm. You know. Uh, it's, and like, see if it is. And see, even if you are nervous, like, that's a good thing. Like, it shows you're invested in the outcome. Like, you want to do well. Like, it's not a bad thing in and of itself. Like, yeah, dude, like, um, I'm, I'm competing 31 years between boxing, judo, MMA, um, obviously, jiu-jitsu. You know, 31 years, and I still get nervous before matches. You know, and, you know like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not panicking at it. I'm like, you know, but my heart's racing and all that. If I don't feel that, then I think there's something wrong. You know, so you get so used, that's a natural response to your body. You know, mm. like, uh, like, unfortunately, we're not fighting dinosaurs anymore. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If, if you don't feel like that, you know, you don't get that adrenaline going, you know, that adrenaline is normal. That's your body preparing for war, for battle, to get out, get away from a dangerous situation or get you stuck in. Mm. You know, so that, that feeling is natural. And it's important for people, on, particularly on their first event, to realize this is a normal thing. This is, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's how you attribute it. Is it a positive or is it negative? It's like if your body's getting ready for war, that's positive, you know. Mm. Uh, see, one of the things like uh, that Khan brought up, he sent me this like before the episode. He's like, if, you're get, if you get caught in like an unfamiliar submission, just tap like because that's not the time to be trying to figure out an escape for a submission you've never been put in, trying to figure out the minutiae of a position you've never, never been exposed to. Like just oh, fucking, that, you know, it's not a good idea. No, if you're kind of new submission, man, and, you know, you don't know how to do it, you're going to try and twist and turn and you're going to torque that on. You know, yeah, spend, spend a second, do it. But a competition is when your opponent is going to latch that on, you know, because they want to win. Like, this isn't, it isn't rolling. You know, they want to win. And if they can win quicker, that means they have more recovery time for their next match. You know, so they're going to want to finish it and finish it as quick as they possibly can. So if you're caught and you don't feel a way out of it, just leave to fight another day, my man. Mm. Uh, you know, like, there's no fucking sense in fucking getting broken up because, like, here's the thing. Like, what would you rather do? Just fucking go like that, tap someone, like, two, two or three times? Or would you rather get your arm broken, spend, like, six to fucking eight weeks not training, going through rehab on your fucking arm, always having a click and a stiffiness in your arm? What would you rather have? Just tap or get your arm broken? Like, yeah, like pro- uh, way up away for options. Like, I, that, like, um, like yep, yeah, I get the I get the idea. Competitions are expensive to enter. Some competitions, like, you're talking 100, 120 euro or whatever to enter. You know, and yet yeah, it sucks if you're caught in a position that you're not used to and you tap and you're like, you know that's money wasted it's not it's not you got caught you learned a new submission that you're not used to uh, you put yourself in a big environment and you know there's there's no losing if you get tapped yeah right you lose a match does that mean you're a loser no if you got out there you're a champion by even stepping on that mat hmm. you know anyone can get caught uh, see it's kind of a good thing like uh if you because you, you learn where you need to improve and like it's not like it's not like you suck for the tap isn't like eternal like next time you could do better yeah. next time you could win or next time you might learn something else you need to improve on so like it's not really a fucking horrible like event if you think about it really absolutely not look um when i made the the transition from my judo into my jiu-jitsu uh, judo ground game is very different nay was is very different 
like I didn't get the chance really to compete at white belts because I was a judo black belt. So I had to go straight into blue belt competitions wearing a fucking white belt. Um, but it, it was fine. It was what was done at the time. Like, and I used to get caught with triangles the whole time because it's very different. And I just took that and said, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to defend triangles. Now it doesn't really happen anymore, you know? So yeah, you take those those negative appearances, twist on their head, and there's a positive, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Can, can the next person competing against Sean please triangle him? I just I just want to see the look in his face. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it sucks. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy now, you know? It's... <laughs> Asher, mm. be grand, be grand. So I'll be training in a few weeks now, and we're back open the 20th of July. I think most gyms are. And uh, I think everyone, no matter how much cardio or weights they're doing, they're just going to find it so hard getting back to to doing it. And all those little things are just going to catch everyone, you know. Mm. Uh, man, I say all the people who've been training in secret are fucking laughing their asses off now. Ah, uh, they probably are. They probably are. I'm not, I'm not allowed. I, I work for the HSC, so I, I have to scrub myself three times a day at least. So it's not worth the effort of getting extra sweaty. So, ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. So everyone's just gonna try and go me my first night back. Oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. That's shit. What the fuck is I gonna say? I mean, I'm just losing my train of thought the whole fucking time. So we're, yeah, we're talking about your first competition. <laughs> What? No way. I thought we were talking about fucking uh, uh, rash guard restriction. I don't know. What were we talking about? <laughs> yes, well, we were talking about rash guards. You cannot wear a rash guard in competition unless it's no gi. Uh, man, I think, while we're on the topic, I think that's yep. pretty stupid not being allowed to wear a rash guard under gi. That's fucking stupid, in my opinion. Ah, I don't mind. I do love chest, you know, so. <laughs> You won't be saying that when you're in the absolute division fighting a 100kg dude with a hairy fucking chest and your bottom side. Then tell me you want a rash guard. Dude, I'm always... <laughs> I'm, I'm like the, the midget guy fighting in the absolutes against those 100kg guys. I have no choice. <laughs> when those guys get on top of you, they're just on top of you. <laughs> you, know, you just hold your breath and try and shrimp like hell and just work something. Try to get back or something. But uh, when you're being breastfed, it's horrible. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh man. So you know I just think like uh like you should just compete ASAP as soon as possible just to get it out of the way and then if you want to continue competing or not or if you want to leave it for a bit, train away, but at least you have the experience. You're oh, not yeah. like completely lost in it in it. Yeah, I think everyone should compete at least once, you know. Just so you can feel what it's like to be out there and to be able to share something with your, your teammates and that. Like, if you compare that once, you've always been able to say, look, I went out there, I've done this, you know. I was I was at stand on my own to get out there and put myself out there. And no one can ever take that away from you. Mm. you know, no one can ever take the fact that you were at the stand on your own feet and whatever happened, happened. You went out and you've done what you could. You know, you can't control the guy you're against. You know, you could try control them, but you, you don't know who you're against. You know, whatever comes up in the smooth comp or whatever, that's grand. You don't control that. You know, just go ahead and do what you can do. You know, pick what, what's where you're going to stop on the way home and say, no matter what happens, I'm going to get chili cheese fries from Burger King or something. You know, <laughs> there are positives to everything. You know, 
Mm. See, one of the things that like uh, Khan said my way is like, like when you're actually out there, you slap and bump, but like you're in in the nitty gritty of it. Like uh, people like they're like they sort of get out of breath so fucking quickly because you know it's high intensity like straight oh, away. Yeah. Like uh, 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 you know, panicky and shit. Yeah, that's that's why I kind of said to start just like a couple of weeks before the competition, kind of give yourself a, a mini camp like three weeks where you're going a bit bit heavier intensely, you know, so that you you feel like you know start your roles from standing, <laughs> you know, get that that take that that take down or the pull guard, whatever you need to do. And when someone is trying to give you hell, you know, and when that adrenaline's coming up there, man, it, you know, it's it's very different from the free rolling, flow rolling, you know. It's 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 hard. Put yourself in those negative positions where you don't want to be. You know, start start your role with your partner on your back. You know, uh, start start from being in you know being mounted. You know, and then you kind of go, oh, that's a really bad situation. But you start when you're under pressure, that breathing slows down. Mm. You're just like, yeah, being there. All right, yeah, I've been rolling like this. I've been under pressure. Oh no, he, you know, you're in the blue belt division and. Uh, your training partner who who's on mount on you is a black belt. You're like, oh, I survived that. What, what's this guy gonna do? You know, so like, it, it really helps if if you can say you've been in a tough situation, you've came through it. Mm. See, one thing. That's no, right. That's no, right. So yeah, one thing is like try. I know like this happens a lot. Like especially in your first few matches, like you sort of get like tunnel vision, but for your ears, like you can you like all the other sound is like turned down or like amplified like you can't really hear like uh, your corner shouting advice to you and stuff because you know you're you're just so fucking panicked and concentrate on the the fucking yeah. other person trying to grapple you you know just try and relax and fucking listen yeah. to your boyo yeah that's it like uh, you can call that narrowing your attentional fields um what that is is it's when you're doing those tough training sessions try to zone out everything except for the voice of your coach or people that you know are going to be there you know uh, what you can do is like you could have um, big music on or something in the background and try to focus on it. Not else, just the sound of your coach's voice, you know, and that puts all that peripheral noise and it, you know, there's probably six or seven other matches on at the same time with people yelling and screaming. So like when you're when you're at a match, can you hear uh, Fergal? I think's your coach, isn't he? Mm. Uh, can you hear his voice like when you when he's shouting instructions into you? Yeah, I tried like, uh, you know, like. I just try and get a bit of space and I just look over. I always look over at the time, the points and shit. And then I just like try and get an earful of what, uh, what's, what uh, my corner saying to me. Because people underestimate the fucking value of having a good corner. Like that's the thing. Oh, yeah. pick, pick someone who's actually good at it. Yeah, that's it. You can have the most knowledgeable person in the world in your corner. But if they can't give that information to you, you know, and, you know, and the other side is your opponent can hear what they're saying. Hmm. You know, so just be aware of that. So maybe if you have a couple of little trick words or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, like that's a great idea. Yeah, it, you know, something really simple. You say like, uh, it's go time or boogie time or something like that. That means 30 seconds left. So that They're not my coach, but that's, you know, they're little things that the other guy doesn't know, but you know what it means. Mm. And the other guy's going, what the fuck is he on about? Is he on about thinking dancing or something? You know, those little things, and that, that's preparing for a tournament. Hmm. See, uh, I, I knew these one guys. Sean down at 2020. Hmm. 
See, I knew these one get these guys. They're all like they had like a whole fucking secret language when it comes to competing. Like this one dude had this his opponent's back, and he was fucking trying to really could choke him. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> but he just wasn't getting it. And your man, his coach, they had like a secret language. He just said, "Oh man, fucking keep at the choke, wink, wink." Then he slaps on the Kimura grip and transitions to the armbar and gets gets the W. Just because they had like, they're like, oh, dude, we have this little secret language and stuff. When I say this, I really mean this. Just so your man doesn't listen in and yeah, knows exactly. how to counter it. Exactly. And when you have that bit of a, a language, as we say in, in it, it, it really does help. The, the opponent doesn't doesn't know. Like, if you're competing against a guy and like, I, I don't understand Polish. I have loads of Polish friends, but I don't understand it. If they're, if they're competing against you and they're shouting in, in in Polish, I don't have a clue what's been said. But if my coach is shouting in the instructions to me in English, his corner knows, he knows what's been said to me, you know. Mm. And having those little little tricks, like you could do something as simple as Maid Mar- shouting Maid Marion, and that could mean... <laughs> what are you, Robin, Robin Hood? Yeah, you know, but yeah, little things like that. It's, fu- it's funny as hell at times, people don't have a clue until afterwards, but little things like that, they're, that's trickery, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to have. Oh, uh, dude, it's all it's all good. All's fair in love and war, bruh. And in jiu-jitsu competitions, that's another distinction. Absolutely. Exactly, the mundo. Aye, so guys, we've reached the end of the podcast. We're going to call it a day there. Sean, do you have anything to say before we bounce? Yeah, just just one little, little add to it, just about motivation and stuff. Um, but you know what I said? Make sure you want to do it. Yeah. Just Figure out what your motivation is. Like, uh, are you in? Are you intrinsically motivated? As they say, like, are you doing it just for yourself to prove that you can do it, or, or that just you sure just want to do it, or are you doing it for extrinsic? Do you want to just be able to get that picture of yourself on Instagram or something like that? Mm. If that, if that's your only reason for wanting to compete, you can pose in a gym. You know, yeah. you know, make sure that you want to do it for for the right reasons. And look, competitions are tough. But they're also great fun, you know. So that's, that's all I say. And other than that, I just want to say, you know, guys, stick with it. We're all nearly through this, and if everyone keeps following these uh, tough old COVID guidelines, we'll be there all the quicker. So yeah, Oos, mm. guys. Oos. <laughs>